contemporary boy I just started to preach it. You understand that? Because that's, there's something I want to pull out. When you gather like this, what do you expect? Can I ask that question? I want to see if you answer my question. Those who know that why you can say it's holding the microphone. If I ask the question and you answer it, judge is different. I asked, when you gather like this, the only person that is not allowed to answer is the night is told him already. But if you gather like this, I just want one bold person. What do you expect? I want one bold person. Raise your hand. Yes, my brother. I expect everything goes to them to get the river. Just for one river. Just okay, just one word from God. One word from God. So he wants just what? You are preaching with me today. I've said it already. So when you got that, you want just one word from God. You just want one word. So I give you one word to go home now. One word. Revelation. You've given many words already. At least one word I took from, from this service already was the prayer that he prayed. And I understand that my September is different. So you are satisfied. You can go home. But then you're making the efforts. One book for him. I told you I will share this stuff. I'm asking a question. Who was the first disciple that Jesus called? If you know. The first disciple, yes, my lady. No, he's not John the Baptist. Yes. Simon, no. Okay, my sister. No. You see, this is your church, you should know that. And I'm pulling out something. I said, we are all praying and worshiping, but we are preaching together. Yes, baby. Not James. Who was the first disciple that Jesus called? Yes. No, not Nathaniel. Yes. Who? Eli was not even the disciple. So, your two first church used to do something serious. Because that's one of the first things they teach you in Sunday school. Who was the first disciple that Jesus called? Andrew. You get 1,000 naira return card for that. Now, who knows? Listen. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? The two sets of brothers that were Jesus' disciples did. Let's Church. And are you going to 
there is nothing done. It means there is no God even in that person's life. Do you know what he just said? That most of us are sitting down here are believers. This is a child. And in all of this, he 
me because they are my own Peter for today. And he said it beautifully. He said, simply to know him more and to learn. Is that what he said? So when you come here, is it because of my dress? Is it because you can heal? Is it because you can do all of that? But there's nothing like a child's heart and a teachable spirit. Because when you decide to follow Jesus, you just are saying to him, I want to know you more, I want to love you, and I want to learn about you. Do you read books? Do you want that book? Then I can give you the next step for the Thank you very much. Today, my brothers and sisters, I want to share a statement that was made by the immediate past prelate and moderator of the General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church of Nigeria in 2021. And I read, or I quote, as a church, when we reflect on our work with the Lord, in our witness as Presbyterians, we have reasons to be grateful to God for how He has helped us. While we celebrate His grace that has brought us thus far, on the one hand, and He's making reference when we visit comments He made at our 175th anniversary in 2021. We should, on the other hand, rechart our course. Say, rechart our course. Rechart our course. In those areas we have delayed. Say, in those areas we have delayed. Now, this is the key thing he said. Our focus as a church for the decade. What is the decade? Starting from 2021, the decade should be. 2031. You understand? The decade is how many years? Ten years. Our focus as a church for the decade, beginning from the anniversary year, is number one. Say number one. Aggressive evangelism. Aggressive evangelism. Number two. Aggressive discipleship. Number three. Aggressive church planting. Number four, aggressive church growth. So if I were to connect it, I will start from evangelism to discipleship to church planting to church growth. Go with me. Want to go? Evangelism, discipleship, church planting, church growth. Does anybody like to say this in full like this? Good. This was said by our own village. He wasn't from an external source. And he said this, that is uh, his evidence. Most Reverend Musie, Musie Eke. He said this during the 2021 mission week. And he gave this church a vision. It was timely. It was, it's our vision. It didn't come from us, knowing it from anybody. And by the grace of God, what we are supposed to be doing from leadership is already clear because that is as high as you can go. Now, look at us as Presbyterians or yeah. What kind of evangelism are we evangelizing that you can call aggressive? Let's be sincere. Who are those in the evangelism team? You see, please who is pro government? Pro government, please stand. You are the leader of the 
this is me and him matter. And I think everybody at some point has to come to that place where you and God have to have a conversation. So I had to ask him, if you're real, if you're real, we're going to go I'm not even about to mess with you people. There's nothing here. Because many have been in this place and they've gone to that hell and they are freedom. Many have been in this place and they have died stupid children. Many have been in this church. In fact, I am not saying that he's a sinner or God forgive me. But I know a left hand is suddenly. Suddenly I'm watching him on TV and he's starting a big fight in Everything is going to the cause. Like this. He carries it like this. Have you seen him? I know many people who give birth to their babies. And the first thing they do is to carry a Bible and put it on the head of the baby's head. This Bible is paper. If I put fire, it will burn. It is not this book that carries Jack. It is the person you carry that reads the book with you that makes this book powerful. And can carry like this for all he knows. If he has not understood that there are basic fundamentals to followership of Jesus, he's on his own. So I was sharing a story. I said I had to have a conversation with the Lord and I said to him, are you there? Are you here? And so I said to him, two things that have been bothering me. I don't know which one is bothering you. I told him, this thing I'm a pastor every day, the Lord and say, and the Lord told me, and the Lord told me. Me too. Like I said, I want to hear. If I hear, I will not doubt you again. Because I think it was a major problem for me. Because I felt that too many pastors were just coming to tell us whatever they like. Tomorrow they'll say, well, this grass, people will run. You can see that one in Kenya. They will go and people will go and start eating grass. Some will say, I want you to go and drink your urine. Because it is my holy urine. You see human beings, normal people, rushing for the pastor's urine. I said, you know, I'm not even in that place. I want to know that you speak. So that when you speak to me, and I'm listening to this pastor, the power of God in me will also tell me whether he's telling the truth. Did you hear what I said? That was one. Second question I asked is, are there hell, are there demons? Because I'm tired of being afraid of this effort. Because you know, all of us know that we don't want to go to that. But I really wanted to know that. You know, you think that you are talking to. You know, that's another thing. Maybe all of us know there's a God, but God doesn't come out to kill us like he used to kill from the holy days. So you'll be lying like a fish. And you'll be thinking, God cannot kill me, And I always know what I'm telling his son. And then you'll be stealing like a. Like, you will be committing all sorts of atrocities, better than communication, you are told to you, or whichever thing you think you are big and bad enough to do. Because you are just not afraid of God. You must say it here. She said, we gather here, and most of us are what? Unbelievers. So, she is not too far off, because the truth is, we have never really had a conversation with God. Do you know? Is it real? Ah! I finished this my simple discussion and I went about my way. I went to, I thought I talked to myself or whatever, but I prayed a sincere prayer, though. And then I went 
gathering then in Ikoi with my friend. He was in church. While they were doing praise and worship, what's the only thing you want to go to? As they were praising, you know, praising praise and worship was so wonderful. And they are always so, you know, there's something about ministry in song. It takes you to a place you should open your heart, you know? The next thing I heard was Jomu.
I pray. When I pray, it was a man that so serious to me. And God spoke to me. My daughter would be settled. I was just one kind of joy. I felt it was as if an ice was planted inside my head. My mind was calm. And mind, my mind was calm. And it came to pass. And after that, my faith increased. Praise the Lord. You see what she said? Come, come, come. Good for you. Good for you. She said, My faith increased. Today we are discussing why discipleship. Why discipleship? We are discussing discipleship because most of us don't know why we gather. Most of us don't know that there's so much that we are missing out on in this our work with the Lord. Like you, I said I was here also gathering, looking for one thing, one thing from Jesus. Until I understood that what really was missing was the definition of discipleship. I needed to be a disciple. What did I say? And who is a disciple? A disciple is simply someone who has a master that they are following. The master is a teacher, someone whose way of life, whose conduct they want to emulate. And there is a relationship between the master and the teacher that must be what? Real. What did I say? That must be what? Real. This is not a religious relationship. What did I say? It's not a religious relationship. It is the relationship that must be real. That means the person, I know his name, and he knows my name. If I were to say, many of us gather here because we are looking for something from Jesus' hand. We want him to do different things for us. We want him to do different things for us. Not because we really have a, a true, living, loving, real relationship with him. And it doesn't matter. This thing is affecting everybody. Pastor, elders, normal human beings, everybody. So it's not like we are talking about it as if we are indicting anybody. As a church, we see it by the grace of the Holy Spirit and identified that we have gone very far. So he tried to wake us up and realign us to the purpose of how we should do things differently. But unfortunately, we're a church that likes tradition. We're a church that likes to dress like all my elders are wearing. I don't know how you can go behind to wear my own because it's so hot. Sorry. I'm, I'm just saying we like tradition. We like to do things in certain ways. But if you truly know that God is not a Methodist, if you, we as a church know that you cannot continue to do the same thing and expect to see aggressive evangelism or aggressive discipleship or aggressive church planting. What place of aggressive church growth? We have to do something different. Don't you think so? So this is the problem. The problem is that we have good plans. We are a church that believes fully completely in the word of the Lord. We believe it. It is not in doubt. But then, tell us to stop our plans for a moment and look at what the Holy Spirit is saying for the season we 
will peace. Do I have witnesses in this church? I said we believe it though. We want it though. We want it though. But then, because we also understand that God is not a Methodist, He has a particular way He does things. Can you, in fact, in one of my experiences, remember experiencing God and analyzing? One thing that we learn from experiencing God is that two words cannot exist together. And what are those two words that cannot exist? This one I'm asking you. Lord. Lord. What did I say? Lord. Who knows why those two words are not existing? Lord. No. Can it exist together? No. I want somebody to tell me why it cannot exist together. I'm not going Christianism, man. It's simple, simple English. No. Lord. No, those two can never, should never be found as a sentence together. Why? You are saying something, sir. Thank you. Because no word means your leader. Somebody to obey. But you cannot say that somebody should obey. When you call God your Lord, when you call God your Lord, can you say no to me? Ah. So those two can never exist together. Lord, no. The, the test of your faith as a disciple, as a child of God, is the root word that says obedience. Obedience. So whether you are whether if you are an obedient child of God, it just means that you are a disciple. So the church that must be driven in discipleship must be an obedient church. So, and, 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 please give me a book. Sorry, I actually forgot to say that. When I tell people 
Jesus is the first person that created follow me. He's not Twitter. He's not Instagram. He's not Facebook. It's Jesus. When we took our lesson in chapter 9, verse 20 to 27, he said, if you will be my disciples, there's just a few things to do. You have to first of all deny yourself. That means that whoever I am or whatever I thought I was, I must lay it for mine. What did I say? I must lay it for mine. And then, after I have put it down, I have to understand that this work will cost me. If Jesus did it, he's not going to know that standards because you are president of Nigeria. He's not going to know why because you are president of America. He's not going to know why because you are the father that wants to be your father in your house. He's not going to know why because you are the woman that owns 10 businesses and you are only in Indian. He's not going to know why because you are the most beautiful girl in Nigeria. He's not going to know why because you're a child. He's not going to know why because you're old. He's not going to know why it's because you're a minister, an elder, whatever you choose to call yourself. The goal is the same. Forrester, me, standard, the same. He says, if any man must be my disciple, he must do what? Deny himself. Let's look at that word, deny. What does it mean to deny yourself? That means I want to do something. And then I suddenly realize that I haven't asked my Lord, should I do it? I want to ask my Lord, should I do it? And he says, no, don't do it. What do I do? Did he say whether that thing was good or bad? It just means that I understand that I am a disciple under somebody's leadership. Following after somebody that whatever I choose to do, I've laid my choices at its feet and I check and I say, I will deny myself. There is no condition where I will say, Lord, no. That my conditioned heart becomes, I must say, Lord, yes. That is just one. Oh, many of us are not like that, are we? We are in church. We are big people in church. In fact, that they don't even call us our many titles. Some of us get angry. Some of us, if you don't address them or keep them in a particular place of preference, you have missed it. The attitude because of the money they have in their hand, when they pack their car and you then tell them, move it. Or even to sit in a particular place in church. You know, we are so full of ourselves that we don't even deny ourselves even the kindness that we should have as humble children who should know that denying ourselves is holistic. It's not about whether we are in the office or whether we are in church or whether we are in the bus. When you follow after Christ, you look at your whole life and you choose Christ. The second thing is that you do what? You take up your cross. The take of your cross means that what happens on the cross? What happens on the cross? Yeah. Eh? Yeah. I say people raise their hand that nobody wants to leave my 1,000 naira recharge card now. 
What happens on the cross? I want you to talk, you lady. The one in the orange. Yes, you were raising your hand now. Oh, you were not. Okay. Who wanted to answer? Yes, what happens on the cross? Know more 
different sides. That's a license. Different sides that I should go to school for it. Not to make sure. And now, Reverend Isaac is running the discipleship school program, which by the grace of God, we in Lekki Parish realized is what we needed because when, um, what's his name? The brilliant before this one, Oka, Ebenele Oka, he came to Lekki Parish when he was still brilliant and we had a family meeting and they asked us, he asked us, everybody should bring all their problems. Everybody should come with all their issues. And we were discussing things that we think are wrong with the gym. Why are they not doing this one? Me, standing before you, I took the microphone. I said to them that I wasn't an elder then. So I said to him, I said, excuse me, this church does not know how to feed our people. He said, what do you mean? I said, sir, tell all these our elders here that they are not teaching us and feeding us well. I don't know why we still feel like we are not connected to God. It was as if, in fact, when they make me an elder, Reverend Isaac knows this story. I refuse. Because I have been abusing them. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> and the story of how I became an elder is an interesting one. They make the election, and then I said, Me. And then, me that has told them that they just come there, all the life to do is come and feel me as a friend of everybody. I told them, let me stay here and continue the work I'm doing. They removed my name. I'm serious. The election was done. My name was there originally. The last 10 photo, they wanted 10 people. My name was like 11 or 12. So they called back. Somebody had already come to say, hey, sir, you didn't make it. I said, I was abroad. I was still in Vegas. I said, God, no. But this is I'm telling you, before I said God no, the week before that, that same thing that happened to me because God has continued by his mercy to always prepare me before I fall into trouble. I said I went to a church in Florida. My daughter was having a program there. And I entered the taxi. The person driving me was a pastor. We started teaching. Oh, I love Jesus. You too, you love Jesus. You know that kind of story? We are now happy with each other. We are just talking about that. So, I want to go to the church tomorrow. And I want to worship. I just said, it's okay, it's okay. The music and the worship is what I'm looking for. He said, hey, there's one church. I followed. The man said he would send me a dress. He sent me a dress. This was on the Saturday. Sunday morning, I carried my two daughters that were with me. We went to the church and sat down. You know what I'm getting You know what I'm The man that was ministering was ministering like I'm getting I was lost. After the administration, the woman that came to preach came out and Samuel said, The pastor for the day couldn't preach that day. The wife tells him. So they called her in the middle of the night and told her to preach. She doesn't know what to preach. But I God told her to preach one thing. Did you know me? You have come around this mountain long enough. I will not forget. Me, I'm thinking, I am in the medical team. Maybe God is telling me, because whenever I listen to someone, I don't listen for somebody else. I listen for myself. So I'm now thinking, what is the Lord saying to me this morning? Have I now stayed too long with the medical team? That was really the most effective ministry that, at that time that I knew. And then the Lord said to me, I still, it wasn't me yet, we are still thinking, I'm still processing what she's saying. After she finished praying, she just thought that said, you, 
the Lord has one for me. A week before, I come and I'm looking at the back. This is another level of their church. I just came. She said, You with the two girls, the Lord has what for you. I said, Me. Remember my suspicion about people who tell me I'm the Lord said. My all my senses just came up. They found me again here. I don't know. She said, Don't be afraid. Come. And it's very strong. I got up. My daughter said, What is she talking to you? I said, Nobody knows me here. She said, Come. I got up. And I gave the daughter of the altar. She said, Bring your daughters with you. I brought the two of them. We are standing, looking at them, they are looking at us. The woman now looks at me and said, The Lord wants to send you on an assignment, but you are afraid. And He just wants you to know that He will send you, or that you should remember today that He's telling you that there's something He has for you to do. I said, Hey, God, you know, I have one health medical team for one, three months. Okay, well, you need to go back. I'm busy processing as man. So she now said, and in my heart, I'm still, all I ask him, I always ask him, but I think this is you, let me know. I don't want anybody to touch me. Because me, I'm very suspicious of hands that touch me. I said, don't touch me. She's standing on the place, so she's not touching me. I'm like, don't touch me. Then she starts to come down. He said, mm. I said, I'm not going to touch my hand. So she came down. But instead of touching me, she touches my daughter. And this is what she did. She now touched. Oh my God, the Holy Spirit is too much. Oh God. I just made a testimony about Daniel, right? She touched Daniel. And she said, The Lord has given me the spirit of Daniel. And the Lord wants you to stop worrying about your children, that they will train them for you, and that they will do well. But what he wants you to do, do it. The minute she mentioned the spirit of Daniel, and knew that it was God speaking, because that woman didn't know that my daughter's name was Daniel. And it's the same Daniel that I came to go to today, and I gave a report about her progress. When I said, Called the protocol breaker. She's an architect in the US in Dallas. The promotion the Lord gave her people haven't seen in four years. And she did it all day to her in eight months. Why am I sharing this testimony? There's no happenstance. That was the Sunday before the Sunday they did the elections in Lebanon Parish. And when they called me and said, they put you there among the others, I said, no, I don't want. I forgot the Sunday's message So I told God, no, I don't want. The minute I said that, I just felt his presence do like this. It was like a physical separation from me. I don't know how to explain it. For those of you who may have a relationship with the Lord, you know when you have, when you are just not there, you are not looking for him. That's when you realize that God is the indwelling of the Spirit and he is a presence in our lives. By the time I now realized what I was saying, almost within a few minutes, I said, Oh my God, oh my God. I said, I'm sorry. That was what you were telling me last Sunday will happen. If that is what you want. Remember, the last time I was the one that called me out to me. And then he called me back and said, My sister, they said they removed your name. I started crying because I realized that he was fear, just like it was told to me. 
it was that part that I felt I don't want to be like them. That was another thing. That was now me not denying myself and whatever I thought I was. I needed to die to whatever it was. The truth is, by the time I now said to him, if it is your will, I know you will do it somehow, but I'm ready now because I've understood. Others were elected in July, and I'll forget it, it's the last Sunday of July that year. By the time they, they went and started doing training, I went on my trip, came back, August passed, September passed, in October, listen to this one. Two of those that were already elected, one of them got transferred to Abuja before the ordination. The other person, I don't know what they said happened. They called me in October and said the session met and that the two of us that were not were brought back. That's how I became an elder. So he allowed me to have time to settle with him. Even when he did not brought me back and called me and said, the session said you're not, I started crying and waiting again because he was like, a lot of responsibility because I knew to whom I was swearing my life to. It is not casual to recognize that God has need of each and every one of us as individuals. But why is the church not growing? It's because we are too busy doing certain things wrong. And I'm, I just made a few comments and I want to. Well, I always enjoy myself when I'm speaking. So let me just quickly mention a few things. That is the reason some of us have for lack of, of discipleship growth. Some of us are used to the Christian religious routine. What did I say? You know, we give our life to Christ, we are saved. We start coming to church. We start doing baptism. We start doing communion. We start coming for programs. And we think that is all there is. Is that not correct? So we grow thinking that is the only path to grow, the routine. But that is not true. Many of us need to engage God at the platform of having a true and real relationship. The second one is that the preaching that we get today, many of them is the make feel, feel good preaching. And so we don't see God in a lot of the things that will guide us and challenge us. Some of us also think that we are getting information means that we are getting growing, we are growing spiritually. And that's also not true. Because we have Many Christians that are coming every day to church, but nothing changes. There's one man in Abak in those days that I heard that kept on telling his wife, he doesn't know why every day she keeps going to church, that people who go to church are hard of hearing. Because if they're not hard of hearing, the pastor is preaching the same thing every Sunday that he doesn't see any change. That's why I used to come into church, is because you are dead. Every day, stop lying, stop lying. And then he told his wife, but you keep lying here every day. Stop doing this, stop doing this. The pastor will keep telling all of you, don't do something. That people who come to church, is because we equate information and we think it adds to our happy being in Christ's name. So, why do we need to be trained? We need to be trained because it was only when I started this work of discipleship that I understood that being a church does not mean having a denominational membership card. Many of us want to be right in our denomination. We pay our dues. We pay our women's dues. We pay our MCA dues. But that's not the relationship. Being a member of the Presbyterian Church and Boju Parish does not make you a Christian. It doesn't make you a disciple. What does 
is the fact that you have given your life to a real God who you are in a real relationship with. Who you say good morning to every day. Who you understand that his purpose is like what he did when he called the twelve disciples. In the place where we read in Matthew 28, he said to them that after he had trained them, his goal was to tell them to go and make disciples of other people. How many souls have you won? We have to call Brother John out and ask Brother John, what is the desire of your heart? As if it is his own mandate. Is it John's mandate? Whose mandate is it? If all of us just recognize that being a disciple means you are a full package, you are an evangelist, you can be a prophet, you can be a pastor, you can be anything in the hands of the Lord that has called you. But instead, we come here and sit down every Sunday, expecting Isaac to do the work. But the purpose of discipleship is to empower each and every one of us to rise and grow in our fullness. When I say you can be a teacher, you know there are the five offices of, of, um, of ministry, the five ministry offices. Who wants to get something? Who can mention them? The five ministry offices of who, who knows it? The spiritual five offices. Nobody over here. Yes, please, my brother. The offices, the teacher, the teacher, the pastor, the pastor, the evangelist, the evangelist, the prophet, the prophet, and the apostle. And the apostle. for him. Woo, that was exciting. Thank you. And which one do you want? Who got the church? Anyone? I'll give you a book. I hope you still have a book. So, when we are waiting, some of us now carry the title only and forget that these are not titles, they are actually offices. Like, someone like me now, the way I'm talking to you, if you were to define me from one of the offices, what would you say I am? What would you say I am? People that I have a teaching I didn't know that I had a teaching until I became a disciple. I said, let me see what I do in discipleship school. That was like the doctor saying, so then say, you explain things and it makes sense. And I'm thinking, I'm a pharmacist by training. So if you were to ask me, I'll tell you I'm a pharmacist. I'll tell you I've read the book of pharmacy, which is, which doctor is. I will tell you who I am according to my carnal teaching. But the spiritual person and talent in me would have died with me if I didn't become a tool and a disciple to be able to say. Now, how many of you? In this church, you know the people that every time they don't see you in church, they are the ones that will call you. Do you have people like that in this church? Yeah. You have them. Please, can you mention the person? Ire. 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 You. You like to call people. Yes. yes. Just think about the five offices. What would you say about that Ire has as a gift? No. No. He's not an evangelist. An evangelist has a hunger to tell people come to Christ. And the Bible says this shares the good news. A teacher is like me, talking, preaching. What heart does he have? A pastor. A pastor's heart. Because a pastor is a shepherd. A pastor watches other people. A pastor looks after people. You don't understand that. 
No. But you know, it's an ordinary floor member with a pastoral heart. I am an ordinary floor member with a teaching heart. What are you? I ask the question, what are you? Are you still coming just to connect and go as a watch? Forgetting that we are all supposed to be disciples. Most of you are here are elders. What are you? You're supposed to be bringing that your own gift on this platform. We shouldn't be looking for people teaching a Bible study. We shouldn't be looking for people who are going out to evangelize. Brother John is clear what his ministry is because some of you think all the same. Oh God, oh, no, sorry. Why am I teaching your name? Maybe that's okay. But look, all of, all of you here can testify that he's an evangelist. You see, an elder. You see, a pastor. Why are you in church? The Lord will demand this from you. Ah, he will demand those five offices from each and every one of you. Come to church every day, waiting for Isaac to be the one to be preaching. Isaac. 
bless you. How many of you are written because I came today? Yes, you are written by one book. Somebody else is shot by one thousand naira retired. But it's church that I come, I bring my flavor, I bring my personality, I bring me, and you enjoy me. You come bringing your own, and I enjoy you. And church is sweet, and your neighbors are seeing how wonderful your church is, and they are drawn into the space. But you are looking for membership. You think it's about your standing like the same one and like everybody else. Pakam, 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 come to Jesus. Pakam, 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 come to Jesus. The times have changed. Let me tell you, Iran is a pastor. His pastoral flock does not even need to be guys. If you don't appreciate it, Iran's ministry can be on Instagram. Pastor. Listen to what I'm saying very carefully. The problem also is that we are thinking in the same traditional mindset. Where we are thinking we can only be anointed, ordained, poor water people that can do stuff. For years, we were functioning. And it's important that you understand the goal of God with discipleship. I said discipleship is the only way to survive. Jesus had many people following him. But who are those that wrote the Bible that we are holding today? Is it not them, disciples? All of them would you know their name? Yeah. 
you moan, you cry, you I, I want, I want, I want. They didn't see me in church, they didn't look for me. They didn't do anything. You don't know school. You don't know what I'm saying. Of you. 
It's not an academic exercise, and we tell people from the beginning. If you do the discipleship school once, and, uh, like maybe say the first level, it's one once, and you didn't really enter, go back again and we do it. We have people that have done it three times because they want you to enter, enter, enter before they so then you, it's not something you rush, it's something you enjoy with your father. So if you didn't, it's not about coming out here to let people see, I am excited, I am excited, and the Bible says it is like their truth, you will know them. Those around you are the ones that have been testifying. Then you know you have changed. There's something about sister that person or brother person. Because as you grow, your character must be evolved. Your character must change. And so being a disciple changes you. And the more it changes you, who benefits all of us in the church in quotes? Is that not correct? So I want us to wake up and start the plan today. If you know that you are a Christian and you're living your life to Christ, the next platform should be the discipleship platform. It is a continued relationship that follows once you give your life to Christ. And I'm sure many of us have never been through a proper discipleship school. So today I'm going to ask, how many of us are willing to engage, to know God more? To understand what it means to be a part of the body of Christ? The main thing that changes the life of a disciple is that the relationship is so real that you see God meeting you, like I said, before I met you. I don't even look for God, He runs after me. That is what one of the levels of our, of our discipleship, so called experiencing God, it teaches you what it calls the several realities. The first one is that God pursues you. You know, I have a lover who pursue you. But many of us think we are the ones that come to Jesus. Jesus draws you to himself. If he doesn't draw you, you can never come. So now that he has drawn all of you into this place, don't you think it is time for you to take the second reality, which is he invites you to join him in what he's doing. You are not working for God. Nobody can work for God. He already has a plan in place on how to save the humanity. He knows how he's going to save Nigeria. He knows how he's going to conquer Abuja. He's already in his plan. You are the one that should be privileged to be asking me, where are you working that I may join you? But we think it's about the research or something for the evangelism program, coming for them. It is not anybody's program. It is God's program. How many of us are excited this morning to want to join God in what he's doing? That's the second reality. After he has drawn you, pursued you like a lover, you've given your life to Christ, you've discovered him. The next thing is to now join him in relationship that is real and personal. It must be lifelong. You must do it for the rest of your life. There is no going back. It is not that I have decided to follow Jesus, no going back again, tomorrow we see you outside. This one is that you have made up your mind to consciously follow after Christ. Can we close our eyes as we think about what I just shared this morning? Can we just Ask the Lord to please help us. Can we ask Him to help us be drawn to Him? Can we ask, can we ask Him to remind us of when we came to Him and how we felt in that love relationship? Have we received Him as our Lord and as our Savior? Jesus is 
calling one of us now. Will you answer that call to discipleship? He is ready to train each and every one of us as we are willing to commit today that our spiritual work will have a sense of direction. That we will be trained fully and properly. That we will deny ourselves. That we will take up our cross. It's not going to be easy. Nobody says that it's going to be easy. Because when you decide to follow Jesus, the devil will not be the devil if he doesn't keep you busy. Or you are going to make sacrifices. You are going to determine that nothing is going to disconnect me from this eternal goal. It doesn't matter whether you are a pastor, an elder, a, 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 a chorister, a member of the church, ushers, whatever, a child. As long as you know that, yes, I finally heard what I needed to hear to come close to Jesus and to make my life meaningful. Can I ask you to please stand? If you know you are ready to be a disciple, stand. Can you step forward, please? All of you that have chosen to take this bold step of faith. I'm waiting for as many of you know that the Lord is the Lord's plan for survival for the church is only through disciples, it's not through church members. He's only able to carry on the mission through men and women that have decided to become disciples intentionally. He's only able to propagate the evangelism that we want to conquer through people who will carry it as their personal family plan because you are in this family. He was grace to follow. Will never ever lack evangelists in Jesus' name. We believe. 
that each and every one of you here will walk in the fullness of what the Lord has called you for. In Jesus' name. Please, next your name before you leave. But before you go, I want Reverend Isaac to pray for you and inform the church about what the plan is for the next discipleship cycle so that you can all be involved to begin immediately.